now back for our national hour on the real Kipper and Bourne show. We are live on Sportsnet, Sportsnet 650 in Vancouver and Sportsnet 960 in Calgary. This hour of real Kipper and Bourne brought to you by Bet365. For the next hour, we will go in in-depth analysis on the Green Bay Packers 29-22 victory over the yes. Detroit Lions. Yeah. Well, poor fake punt decision. We don't have any NHL games today. What else are we going to do? Um, good question. We're going to yeah. rank Thanksgiving foods. Oh, yeah. It's like, hey, Keeper, I got an idea. What are you most thankful for in the NHL this year? I'm thankful for you guys. Wait, what's what's the storyline you're most thankful for? I think cranberries <laughs> way overrated. Oh, yeah, See, I'm doing the complete this. opposite. We're it's, doing this. That, to me, that's... It's a, a deal breaker if you don't have it. You gotta have it. Really? Yeah. I would it's never touch it. Way too sweet. I'd rather pile on the gravy. Yeah, but to me, it's that extra kick of sweet you need with the meat because it's, you know, a drier meat in general. Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> American Thanksgiving, of course, to our friends south of the border. And uh, we know that uh, wherever you're listening, all over this great world, however you pick us up, and now YouTube as well. We're thankful we for all so of you. so many good friends on YouTube that weren't very happy. What up, Susie Q? <laughs> yeah, and uh, what are the other ones? Jeremiah. Oh, yeah, the sports beard. He's the and, one. Yeah. yeah, he's our dude. Alaska. Yeah, but he found us without it. He was already, he's, he's all over. He Anchorage is. represent. Yeah. He is. We've got uh, Luke Gastic will join us in a few minutes. But before that, uh, let's just get your thoughts on, again, what we saw last night from the Edmonton Oilers. This is a story that just keeps growing legs. Yeah. Today in the Toronto Star, I kind of did a, a piece on the Edmonton Oilers and how uh-huh. it's a reminder to the Toronto Maple Leafs. And I do write an article for the Toronto Star. Again, right? Not- first word important there. <laughs> the Toronto. The Edmonton Star. But I got a few notes today from, uh, I think, people in Alberta that kind of mentioned, like, what's this got to do with the Leafs? And yeah. I'm like, well, I'm just kind of comparing the thought that high expectations from two teams, and basically I I wrote 700 words of one basic message. You can't take making the playoffs for granted. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's not that easy in a 32-team league. And say what you will about the Toronto Maple Leafs and their ability to choke in the first round or the second round now. Really good at doing that. Excellent at that. But, hey, these guys bring the numbers for 82 games (laughs) to get you there. And it's not easy. I actually, it's funny you wrote that article today because I woke up sort of thinking, I watched that whole game last night where they're dreadful for most of it. They get back into it a little bit. It was a fake comeback. But, like, can you imagine this was happening here? Well, Because uh, they're yeah. teams that have the exact, like, very, like you said, very similar Top expectations. Offensively. Very similar see. teams. We've talked to it a million times how similar the teams are. Like, the world would be burning if they had this here. Like, mm-hmm. this would be the biggest story and it's that way, I think, in Edmonton. For sure, but I guess Toronto's just a different thing in terms of the national attention, and we know all about it's that, and people get mad there. at us. But, like, it's crazy how much this well, is happening. Well, the one guy that's experienced uh, playing as an Edmonton Oiler that we can't uh, speak of uh, is our next guest. So let's bring him in. Uh, Luke Gastic. Uh, Luke, how are you, pal? Thanks for joining us. Uh, I know... Uh, you're you're covering the Oilers. You're you're watching it like the rest of the the hockey world, and it was not pretty. Uh, I guess the first 22, 23 minutes, they were down what four one at uh, at a point where you you thought maybe the the game should be just getting started. 
Yeah, it's frustrating, right? I, I'm heavily invested in this team, not just covering them, but I also played there for three years, right? And I, uh, even with some of the guys that, that are playing there now, still know a lot of people there. And covering them now, it's frustrating as ever. Uh, I mean, even a game like last night, you settle into the chairs at the studio and, you know, I'm expecting a good start. And it's just uh, the same old story again. Uh, it's it's watching this, the same record uh, spin around and the same story unfold uh, game after game. It's been it, it's been tough covering them because it's it's really tough to find any positives to 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 flip on this. And uh, all in all, it's uh, it's starting to spiral out of control for these guys. Gazette, now I've been going up against these two in studio here on the Oilers, and you know, starting to lose a little faith here myself, but. You know, I watched the the game two two games ago. You know, they have some bad luck. You know, Broberg steps on a stick and they hit Hyman on a breakout. Pucks end up in their net. Last night, Carolina's first goal kind of banks off a couple of guys and pinballs in. And, you know, it got progressively worse from there. But is there any chance this has just been a really unbelievable bad run of luck? Is there any chance or is this something just fundamentally flawed here? (laughs) No, there is a chance. And you're right. Like, the bounces really haven't gone their way. Everything that can pretty much go wrong has but in saying that I think the the thing I was told over my career more than anything was control what you can control and I never really even understood that at the time I would just listen to a coach assistant coaches and tell them to beat it when they said that and now I'm seeing you know the things you can control out there are your effort and your urgency and the lack of urgency in their defensive game is so stunning and it's just so tough to watch every time i mean playing defense is a choice and it's hard work like not just the position position defense but like playing defensive is hard work and it's not fun it's fun to go rip around in the offensive zone and score goals and cycle the puck and mix it up down there but it's tough to play defensive hockey and they're looking like they're openly making the choice that they do not want any part of playing defensive hockey right now. And I think that's the most frustrating part for me is, yeah, the bounces are going bad, but there's still some things they can't control. I did a little breakdown in between periods of the first and second. They snapped back two draws in the D zone, clean wins. And you know, as a player, you win a draw in the D zone, you have a set plan, whether it's reverse, D to D, you name it. It, they, the defenseman didn't even know what to do. They just kind of, they both went for it. And then one went in CeCe's feet. Like mm-hmm. they're not even on the same page back there. So it just seems like there's just a disconnect and a lot of things that they can, they can control are self-inflicted mistakes here. Look for you. Who, who kind of is the face of that lack of energy? And I don't want to pick on Evan Bouchard here, but um, I'm watching, I think the game winning goal Studland in, in Florida and yeah, circling. It just, I, I, I just don't understand. Um, you know, basic fundamentals, uh, stopping and starting, uh, it just isn't there. I mean, is he kind of the poster boy for all of this, or is it uh, by committee here? Yeah, I hate to look at it as one person, but he's certainly one of them. I would categorize it as their defense core as a whole has to be much more urgent in coming back for pucks. And I mean, the very first thing we're told as players in day one of every training camp you've been to since you were 10 years old is like, go back to the to the house and stop. 
and then sort it out. If you don't know what to do when you go back in there, put the brakes on, take a look around, see what you have and kind of sort from there. And it's these like circles back into the zone kind of coasting where it's just guys pointing at each other and not talking and just breakdown after breakdown. But for Evan, I know he's a bit of the whipping boy, but man, it just looks like when he makes mistakes, they are catastrophic. <laughs> like he doesn't make a ton. He really doesn't. Like if you watch his game, he doesn't make too many blunders. He makes up for a lot of them with how good he is offensively. He's got a point per game, man. Like it, it's, it's the mistakes he does make end up being catastrophic for their team and usually ends up in the back of their net. The goal against Florida, uh, that was the one I think you were, you were mentioning. Yeah, it was, was a like, uh, yeah, Stenland, just, Kevin Stenland, Stenland goal. I mean, he can avoid all that by just putting on the brakes. And instead, he goes for a loop. I don't know where he's going. I don't think if – I don't know if he's cheating for offense, thinking the puck's going out that way, but – it's just simple decision-making of just putting on the brakes and going from there. Yeah. I'm fascinated by the big mistake guys. You know, like uh, whether here in Toronto is Jake Gardner for a while, the guys who are really good players but just kind of make these like, oh, my God, errors at times. It seems to be a whole genre of player. Um, guys, talking a little bit about uh, the coaching here in the show, they obviously get rid of Woodcroft. They bring in Chris Knobloch. Um you know, I, you know, could you give the guys some slack with a new coach that maybe they're trying new things or things are different? What are your thoughts on the decision to go away from Woodcroft and kind of how the change in coaching staff has affected what has been a pretty rocky last, well, transition, frankly, the last five games that Nobuck's been there? Yeah, switching coaches mid-year is tough for anyone. I went through a couple of those. Um, you know, I played for Jay. I had him. I had him as an assistant coach in Edmonton. He uh, ran the forwards, and uh, he—he's uh, a good man. He—he he, uh, was very detailed, extremely meticulous in in his game and his teaching and the way he goes about things. I wasn't a fan of it at the time to be honest I I you you could see the things that the that the guys were doing and a lot of these bad habits that were creeping into their game and for the longest time I was on the side of I really don't think changing the coaches is going to be the right thing to do but sometimes that can really spark your team and really turn things around kind of just put a jolt in the room and and change morale a little bit it can get I don't want to say stale, but listening to the same things over and over again from the same guy can get stale after a while. So at the same time, I'm thinking, you know, maybe this is a good thing. But Knobs has come in and you're seeing the exact same things happen now. So I, you would expect, uh, you know, a little bit of time for system stuff to come in. And I really haven't seen that many changes, you know, in in stuff like that, in X's and O's. If anything, you're watching a lot of the same mistakes and, and the same habits, which is the most frustrating thing, not just for me, but for fans and viewers of, of the team, of, of watching this Oilers team is it's the same stuff that was happening with Woody is happening with Chris. And I, I, don't, I, I like the hire, to be honest. I, I don't know a lot about Chris. I at first wanted them to get maybe more of an older, harder coach in there on them, but they've had that too. So I, I, it's the group. And I was, I was the player. I was those guys. So I'm one of those guys, and I'm usually taking their side. But 
you're kind of seeing now that it, it's on the boys here. It's it's on the players to turn this thing around. I don't think anyone's going to do it for them. We're talking to former National Hockey Leaguer, Sportsnet hockey analyst Luke Gazdick. Luke, uh, the body language for me quite concerning. Connor McDavid and, and Leon Dreisaitl, and yes. The focus is as early as tomorrow night when they go into Washington before uh, going back home against uh, Anaheim and Vegas. But when does the conversations are less about preparing for the next game or two and they turn like long-term and what's going to happen to Leon come this summer when he's eligible to sign a new extension or what happens in two years from now with Connor, how do you see that scenario kind of playing out when it comes to concerns for Edmonton fans? Uh, I hear them loud and clear. And for for a guy like Leon, especially with the body language, I see I see the biggest difference between last year and this year is they would go down in games last year, two, three, heck, four goals, and you wouldn't even think twice. They could rip a comeback. It really didn't matter. And now, as soon as you see them go down in games, it's shoulder shrugs, it's body language, it's showing visible, clear frustration of, oh, no, like, this is happening again. And it's kind of like that poor me, uh, this is happening again. Our goalie let in a couple Um this is this is the way I'm going to act now, and that that's the most one of the most frustrating signs to watch for me. But I know those guys both want to be there, and they they don't want to go anywhere. They they want to make it work in Edmonton. I know how much they both love being there and love playing there, and how much they both want to make it work. Um, so I don't. I mean, I'm trying not to look too far ahead. Those are two pieces. I heard Mike Fuda on here earlier, and I kind of echo his sentiment in those are two absolutely untouchables, obviously, Connor. But I'm starting to hear the Leon discourse now about maybe it's time to be looking at moving him. And for me, I'm completely against that. I think you have to try about everything else in your repertoire before you look ahead to moving one of those guys. Cause I look at a situation like here in Toronto with Willie mm-hmm. and about him possibly moving on. It's tough to get really, really good players in this league to actually want to play in a Canadian city like Toronto, like Edmonton. You can see how much harder it is with the state taxes and guys not wanting to deal with media. It's rare that you have players that really want to be there. And I know that those two guys really want to be there And I I would try not to look too far ahead to the contract extensions and kind of take this uh, one week at a time and and see if they can maybe add a piece or a goaltender or whatever it is to to try to salvage what they have here this year. Yeah, no, it's I'm totally with you there. It's impossible to even contemplate what a return would look like on a guy like Drysaddle. We were talking before the show about like the trade value of a contract and his is, I mean, he's 28, he's 6'2", 210, he's won a hard trophy, right? He's an extremely rare, valuable talent that makes very little money. So got to keep him. The The thought about the goaltending, Stu Skinner gets back in the net. To me, I didn't love the fourth goal he gives up, you know, but all goalies give up some weak ones. You know, how disheartening, how much of their lack of success so far is on the crease kind of letting them down 
And do you think they have to go outside the team? Or is it a thing where the guys can just say, we know these guys have played better before, and you just kind of cross your fingers and wait it out? Yeah, the way I look at it is, yeah, we talked about the bad bounces, and there's some goals where he's, both goalies, all three, put Jack in there too, have been absolutely hung out to dry. But when's the last time we looked at this Oilers team and or watched a game and post-game we're going, wow, you know, player X or goalie X stole Only that one. game for yeah. us, right? Like, as a play, as a former player, you just needed nights like that, some nights where you just weren't going, right? Or, or things weren't clicking, uh, you gave up some chances and your goalie bailed you out. And you came back after the game and you're like, man, we wouldn't have had a chance without... You know, Buddy and Nat. Call it Stu Skinner. And I just, I, I'm trying to remember when the last time we said that about the Oilers. I mean, Skinner had 31 saves versus the Islanders last Monday, but he wasn't fantastic. Didn't have to do anything really spectacular. So for me, it's like, they're not bailing him out in net, but sometimes if, if it gets through check one and through check two and then under a stick, under a seam, you need your goalie to come up with huge saves just every now and then to bail the boys out. And just, they haven't seen any of that. It's, it's just been the same, the same story and the same performance by whoever is in that net. I would truly, truly think that they're looking high and low to, to put someone in the, in the crease that can, can make some of those stops. I, I really think that would send a huge boost of energy energy and jolt through the locker room to add somebody. I don't know who that is, but I'd expect them to try something just because Borny, like it's, you just, you need your goalie to steal you some nights. And right now it's just not happening. We know what the stats say as far as the American Thanksgiving uh, target or, or deadline. Where, where are you? Uh, they have any chance at all under the current team, the roster, or you need a major change to still give them a shot. And if that change is coming, when? Yeah, I think they, I honestly think they need a change. They need, they need something just to at least now. Yeah. At least as a message from management to the players saying, Hey, we're not giving up on this season. Cause kind of looks like that right now with, you, the worst thing they could do is just status quo, just stand still right now. Like, make a move, and I think that would go a long way in management showing the team and the boys, like, hey, you guys might think we're giving up on this thing, but we're not. Like, here's some help. And I know they're up against the cap, but that's your job. Like, good GMs get things done. And I don't care if you're up against the cap. Like, figure it out. And I, I think something has to be made here. I read a I read a tweet. I think the Oilers after 18 games have a worse record than Eakins. My second year in Edmonton mm-hmm. that led to drafting Connor. And I understand the expectations were different, uh, but I remember going to the rink at those times and just how miserable it was and walking on eggshells and just every day you were waiting, waiting for something to happen. And I, I know expectations were a lot different for this team, but I truly think that they, they have to make a move in here and, and shake things up to at least send a message to the team that, uh, that they're, they're trying to salvage this as well. Hey, Luke, great stuff, man. Keep up the great work on uh, Sportsnet. 
Thanks, guys. Anytime. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate Fantastic. it. Yeah, that's some good insight on this Oilers team. Like, there's no, no Superman coming. But I like, I like Gretzky's he, not walking through that door. Love what he said about just get getting someone else, mm-hmm. like another goalie. I know it's Pickard or whatever you call him up, but like, just it doesn't have to be Soros. It just has to be someone. Uh, but you look. You got to make sure it's the right thing, the right one. You're gonna have to give something up. You just can't. You, you can't be so desperate that you're you're throwing up against the wall to see if it sticks here. Well, but you're not. You're, you're not that desperate at this point. But you imagine. are desperate. But you you got to act like a professional. Well, Jack Sammy. Campbell had a shutout in in Bakersfield. You, so maybe he's coming back. You know, even if they were he, Ken Holland, we believe isn't coming back. No. He, there's still a responsibility. As bad as it is, there's still a responsibility to not actually make it even worse. Well, and how about if you go out and do something big, you go spend assets to get someone, you're 5 and 12. Yeah. Like, you know, you spend assets and all of a sudden that brings you to a worse draft pick and miles from the playoffs still. Like, it it could be a real bad luck if you get aggressive this far out. So, did you want to do the, the American Thanksgiving thing here? Because we just mentioned it with Luke. Yeah, I. Yeah, I, are listen, you got the I, I, in front of you? I wouldn't. I wouldn't write it in stone right now for Edmonton Oilers to not I get on a run. But yeah, you will because it's easy to because yeah. Yeah. you just don't see them turning around and getting. You watch six forty six fifty production like nobody snaps their fingers and then turns around and wins seven out of ten games. No, so, not playing this way. No, my my guy who runs HockeyViz.com, Micah Blake McCurdy. He yep. does. Uh, he's got some like you know playoff odds based on the roster you have, past successes, you know, scheduled to come, whatever. He has the Oilers at a thirty nine percent chance of making playoffs. playoffs? Don't talk about <laughs> playoffs, which seems high, which seems high. But I'm that's kind of how I feel about it. Thirty nine. You know, I'm digging in against you guys, not because I think they're over fifty. But because I think they're better than five, yeah, you know, like I don't, I don't think say this. To, I don't say co- this to be sexy. It's not like I don't watch the Oilers. I watch them play, and they're just bad a lot of nights. But man. you know what, Sam? We just they did can't this. get a save. It's like we ah, did this with Tampa. Is Tampa done? And then we went through the roster, and they have all these good players: yeah. McDavid, Drysaddle, RNH, Hyman, Kane. You know, Eckholm, Nurse. They have players, guys. Nugent Hopkins has got like. One goal in like 15 games. But we have a sample of 10 okay. years where he's a really good player. Okay, but he's not a 100-point guy. That was a career no, year, much not. like Jonathan Huberto had in, in Florida. Sure. Is he but a 70-point no, guy? He's not, he's not he's this not a, bad. Yeah, exactly. He's not this bad. But, you know, I, I'm, I'm a little tired of hearing the, the bad luck stuff to me. Uh, it, okay, it's not like... Yeah. Hey everybody, let's this summer. Okay, yeah, we had some bad luck, but we're gonna come back and be a lot better now. It was just bad luck. No, you don't get to use bad luck. I'm you don't sorry. get to bad luck at 300 winning percentage. No, but bad if you're luck playing is like five, a one and three start with yeah. a couple bad ones, not five and, and, and the, twelve. And yeah. the domino effect is that Leon Dreisaitl this summer, who's eligible to sign July first, goes no, I. I like it here, to Luke's point. I really like it here. And I'd like to win here. But it ain't happening. And I What, don't, the winning? Winning a cup. It's not happening. Not happening. Okay. Okay. Right? Hey, hey, I, 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 I got to move on. I tried it here, but 
I can I, see I, him I got, saying, let's see how this season starts next year. There's what, a, there's if a you very, don't think they're going to win a there, cup and a, you think he's no, going to feel I that way. he thinks that this summer, why would I sign when in 12 months I can go somewhere else? I've given these guys ample opportunity to help me and Connor win, and it's just not happening. And I want to go try to win a cup somewhere else. That's the domino effect of missing the playoffs this year. Your point being that the pressure is on now to go get UC Soros. The the pressure now is the domino effect of missing the playoffs and the repercussions. And it starts with Leon. What about a good push where they get close to the playoffs and they they win at a 600 clip the rest of the way and he goes, okay, next year if we just play like that, we're all right? Listen, there's there's always a chance. But I think... I think he's been around long enough to know if that's really true or is that fool's gold. Mm-hmm. It's been fool's gold on a lot of teams when the pressure's off. Yes, it has. I agree. Tough to tell. But this is an Oilers team that's won a lot of playoff rounds recently. You know, So he may see that it's not that different and may believe in it more. I get your point, Kip, that the stakes he's are high. Come, he's come this far and then you miss the playoffs in the year that people expected you to win a Stanley Cup. It's, uh-huh. it's, it's, it's scary to say I'm going to commit an, the next eight years. Okay? Those guys At who the are, very least, who you are get going a to the Hall of contract. Fame, those guys that are going to the Hall of Fame, okay, their biggest fear, their foe, fear of missing out. FOMO? FOMO. Yeah. Is is it Foco if it's the Stanley Cup? I shouldn't say that on air. <laughs> that was really close to not right. Is not winning the Stanley Cup. Okay? That is a hole in your heart that no amount of money you. will fill. Yeah. Yes. No question. And especially a guy of Connor's level. Oh, yeah. Because guys of Connor's level always get one. Like, he is yes. one of the greatest hockey players to ever put skates on. Like, it's just, there's no way around that. And he just needs a cup. And it's like... Yeah, but does he believe... This is, this does is he year, believe what that, year is this? Does he believe staying Eight. in Edmonton the rest of his career, he will get that? I don't know. Or has he, has he, has he lost a little faith? Well, I'm sure, like, a lot of people on a 5-12 and 12 team, he's lost some faith. Here's the hard part with winning a Stanley Cup today in the salary cap era is if you step back at the start of the season and say, I'm going to go to the team with the best chance of winning a Stanley Cup, it's impossibly hard. There's like eight teams who have just as good a chance in any given year. And going into this year, the Oilers were in that group. And they aren't. They, they aren't a cup contender at this point. It's obvious. It's clear. But... It's really hard for one of those guys to say, I want to get moved to a cup contender. I, Who is it? And then them get it right. Yeah, I'm, I'm not co- sure. I'm, about that. I, I'm not sure. Well, people chase it. You know, I, I get the reason why people had Edmonton Joe as, as a cup favorite was <sighs> because, of, because of 150 points from Connor and 50 and 60 but goals from is. them. that's who he is. That's a real guy. But that's don't not tell Huberto's me, 150. Don't tell me that. They, you could actually put them up against other teams when you, you weren't sure about ago. Jack, not with Jack Campbell and Skinner and, and that defense. There's as many questions that the, as the Leafs on that blue line. They weren't, they weren't there, quite there. They were hopeful of people. There yeah. were people hoping yes. that Connor is good enough to make up for all those mistakes. A lot of sports net employees. 
a lot of sports that had them in fact had them in that group of teams but the truth is they weren't good enough on the blue line and their goaltending wasn't good enough i think they've gotten you know going into a year you have a lot of questions about certain guys They've gotten all wrong, disappointing answers. Bouchard has not taken the step to be the guy they want. Broberg has not, you know, it hasn't gone great. A lot of people, they've been going, what are we going to do with Connor Brown? This could be found money. They haven't got it. They just haven't got the answers they wanted. Skinner, Campbell, they haven't. They got bad answers on everyone. Mm-hmm. And I think every year you go into the season with some question marks on a lot of players. And the questions might have been answered by now. I think we have a, a certain number of them. Right? So... Looking at the standings for the Western Conference, it's the same. So we're with American Thanksgiving. We've arrived at the at the th- oh a board. God, there we go around here. You look at that. Like I guess they're they're ten points back of the Kraken and the Blues. And this has been my argument too to you guys. Who do you believe in? Blues, Kraken, Ducks, Coyotes, Flames, Preds, Wild. Like it's not a, a murderer's of, row of talent. Bit of a dog's breakfast. Every, every, the East every, is loaded. Not everybody's got to lose. When one of them's losing, one of them's winning. It's uh, a good point. That's, okay. a, that's why you they're can't not all the going to stink at the same time. Uh, that's what we've learned in the NHL. It's a lot of teams. It's not a lot of points. It's a lot of teams. It's a lot of teams, and they play every night. And there's some nights that they play against each other, and there's some nights they they the, yeah, three the, the two games. of them leave with three points. I know. Eleven points. That's the issue it's here. Not many at all. That's why you can go year after year now to American. Thanksgiving, and if you're at the bottom and you got to climb up three or four teams, it's really hard. Yeah, I, I actually do like the Blues. I think the Blues yeah, have, Blues enough, have, have enough, like they got some guys. playoff Fifty, pedigree for sure. Guys, they, they they can get in. I'll switch tone on them. I think but I like the Blues too. The Squids. Uh, I mean, I've watched them a few times. They're uh, not exactly they grind though. They do. They play they hard, grind. but they, they, just, they got Dean Goaltending. Yeah. That's always going to get you. You know, they're just 500. incredibly Boys, average. Look at, yes, look that's at exactly right. Look at Washington now. Okay. What the hell Washington's is going on there? Washington's second in the Metro. 10-4-2. And, and they have nobody lighting it up. But they don't. no one scores on them. They're amazing. Thank you. Just baffling. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Goals against. Yeah. They're defense. Sec- third in the league in goals against. I think there's only two teams ahead of right? Boston and New York. And they're getting good goaltending. Yeah. Sandine, Carlson, Edmondson, Jensen, Alexia yeah. Van Riemsdyk is their decor. Okay, and now tell me uh, the scoring. Ovi's on pace for 25. He, yeah, he's got five Oshie goals. Oshie just scored his first goal the other day. Wow. Like, where is he? 16. He's a one and one for two. Yes. He yes. usually has that in a period. And yet, they've won five in a row because they can play defense. They're structured. And they're getting good goaltending. I think they've got their... Wheels are coming off this their, team. Yeah, you're, you might be right. You might be right. But for now, at least they show how you can have success. Mm-hmm. Defense. You think that's one spot that's up for grabbing the East End the, for them? The, their third goalie's got a couple of wins. Their third goalie. I don't know what his name is. Shepard, maybe. I don't know. Is he available for the Oilers? <laughs> Go grab but, yourself a Shepard. That's that's how you have success. Yeah. Keep the puck in your net. I but. think it's time. For game time? Yes. Okay. It's game time. Presented by Bet365. Visit the app for the latest odds. And find out why it's never ordinary at Bet365. Must be 19 plus. Ontario only. Play responsibly. So, just sorry, Oilers fans, but I'm going back to the Oilers here. Yeah, I'm just looking at they have the uh, point totals for um, NHL futures, so you can like it's over and under for how many points guys the uh, teams will end up with, and they have the Oilers set 
at 93 and a half points is their total. And the... Um, Does that make it? The, it's... It's got the, it. The under, real close. The under is now a... It's, it's a pretty big favorite. I would say it's a... Uh, where am I at here? Sorry. Minus 150 favorite for them to be under now. Plus 120 for them to be over that, that number. So it's a favorite. So they're starting to think here. The book... The books have shifted in a shift, week. It's shifted. Like they had them in the playoffs a week ago, yeah, and it's really started to shift. Wow, a couple that, of losses. Uh, I thought that that Carolina one was just so telling to me. It's like that's it was we dubbed it their biggest game of the season. <laughs> they went down Did you guys see uh, Sam showed it on our telecast last night? Where like, okay, we we saw we saw Darnell Nurse take one off the beak. That was right brutal, brutal, line. and he's he just brutal. He double looked, stuff nose. And, how tough are these guys? Right, I'd be crying. He's like he's out this blood. <laughs> Anyways. You know, I, I get it. It's just just a snowball coming right when at you. things ya. are going wrong, man. And then Skinner's, like, trying to stop. Oh, my God. Was a wheel. And he's like, oh and I think I saw him during the game, like, fall over on a guy coming down the wing. It's like. You know what it is? This is, this is like a, a script. It's like, a, like you wrote a Hollywood script. On to, what could go wrong. To me, it's like when you're having a bad day and somehow that's the day your pocket catches on a, a knob in your kitchen or something. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like every, everything's going wrong. But the, it, it's really What about the clip of calamity. Connor that I sent to you guys? With the zoom in on him sitting on the bench? Did you see that clip? Oh, today? yeah. Boy. Yeah, look, I mean, he's, he's, com- he's the most competitive non-Nathan I, McKinnon person. The, the, the fear is, like, it doesn't get necessarily better and he's got to go play... 60 more games. Yeah. Well, and he put them in bubble wrap. If, you know, if in 20 games they're, you know, they continue this sort of pace, I don't know what you do. Like, um, I don't know what you do. You just play. You just be a pro. That's what you do. By That's the way, still, still the overwhelming whelming favorite to win the heart, Gun McDavid, according to Bet365. God, where is he in scoring on his own team here? Let's look this up. That's crazy to me. That and is... he would still be the favorite. Like, I, you know, Pasternak's now creeped up there. He's plus 600. Matthew's plus 700. Quinn Hughes is up there. Elias Pedersen. Kucherov maybe at 14 to 1, a guy that's having a great start to the year. But the fir- the number one and two favorites are Connor McDavid and Jack Hughes still. McDavid's which is surprising still fifth on his team in scoring. He's uh, he tied with Evander Kane. He's behind Hyman, Bouchard, and Dreisaitl. No. And uh, the last quick one I wanted to bring up, that the Vesna Trophy, the odds have shifted pretty good there. Demko now the favorite. Plus oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Jake Ottinger second. Shesterkin has gone way down, and, and Sorokin has Do you have down. the odds? Is Norris odds available? Yes, has, got it. Is Makar caught? Uh... He is not. Plus 160 for Quinn. Kale McCarr is plus 220. So they, those are the two pretty big favorites. Kale McCarr, oh, in boy. his last eight matches, has 18 hockey points. That's He's a defenseman, I will remind you. He had and, a breakaway goal. And the play he made to strip JT Miller. A little... All right, good read. Let's pick up on uh, Makar versus Quinn. Let me just finish this off for you, Kipper. That was Game Time, presented by Bet365. Visit the app for the latest odds and find out why it's never ordinary at Bet365. Must be 19 plus, Ontario only. Please play responsibly. Nice job, Sammy. Okay. And uh, we're going to take a quick break and then we'll pick up on that uh, because it was a a marquee matchup. It Mm -hmm. was. Makar versus Quinn last night, Colorado, Vancouver. That plus. Vasilevsky boys. Oh boy! Did Tampa Bay <laughs> do what they thought that they could do and tread water? Yeah, they did better than that. Get the Stone Cold music ready. And for that. now <laughs> they get their horse back. 
<laughs> Can you do a t- turkey? <laughs> More of that after the break. Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, Sammy McKee. Uh, before break, we were talking about uh, Vancouver and Colorado last night, which I thought was a pretty good game. And, yeah. uh, Vancouver looked every bit the part of uh, of a challenging uh, opponent to Colorado going into the third period, and then yeah, kind of dried off a little bit, dried up a little bit on Vancouver. That Colorado team has been through a couple of those big games. You know, they yeah. they have a pretty good sense for how to find their way through. All right, uh, listen. I mean, the hype is warranted on Quinn Hughes. I've just been, like many, incredibly impressed about uh, where he's been able to take his game to another level, shooting the puck, uh, the skating. leading the league in scoring as of right now. Phenomenal. But it was almost as if Kale McCarr said last night, not so fast. Yeah. I I, Honestly, I really hope that's his feeling. Because it's like a, there's a lot of conversation when I've been leading it as, you know, my, my Canucks. Yes, um, huge Canucks guy. That Quinn Hughes is the Norris guy, and he's unbelievable, one of the best guys. But McCarr is still the best. Yeah, you know, McCarr, he's, uh, you know, he he is actually ahead of him in points per game. He missed a couple of games, but he's been the Norris guy before. I mean, they both play a lot of minutes there's no doubt but McCarr is still it just seems to me that McCarr is a little bit more forceful there's just a bit yeah, more he's a power player to his game yeah. than Who Quinn was it? someone called him Nate McKinnon but on defense like he does have that sort of that yeah he's a big strong or say big but he's a strong guy so yeah uh, maybe that's a separator and, for him and then, by the way that's not to take away from Quinn Hughes who is obviously having this unbelievable season drives play touches the puck more than anyone in the NHL it's just you know, for talk radio's sake, you got to pick one. Uh, if yeah, if I'm starting yeah. my team tomorrow and I get a pick between the two, go Macar. Yeah, and I'm guessing a lot of people in Vancouver yeah. wouldn't. And, but, yeah, that's fine. And then the goal last night, uh, you were touching on it a little bit before break, but uh, and it was Miller who he stole the puck from, and probably we saw a few more of those type of giveaways last <laughs> last yes. year yeah. out of Miller than we have this year. But, he says no, by the way, Miller. Yes, I know. Yeah. I know. I'm just, yeah. it's less noticeable because I'm surrounded by better players. That's exactly basically what he said. Yeah. We're yeah. winning so people don't clip those as much. I'm anymore. not sure he's wrong. Yeah, he might be right. right? Yeah. I, I mean, every mistake isn't magnified. Tough spot to hang one out there, though. I know. I know. It was, it, I mean, give McCarr some credit. It was a good read. Being one yeah. hand out yeah. and he's gone. Yeah. So, but we're seeing stuff out of JT Miller this year where, and his goal last night, I mean, what a play. Like, and the guys talked about it in the booth. Just uh, like an all-power forward goal. Inside to go outside and then get to the net and kick the the, the puck up off your skate and go short side. Mm. Like, that was incredibly impressive. It was. Do want the save, though. But, yes, it is. uh, It was a hell of a goal. So, great, great game last night. All right. We're going to go to the... Tell me where you want to go. Uh, well, I'll tell you exactly where I want to go. I want to go to the Greg Popovich. Oh, you want to do that now? From last night. I, I mean, Kip and I were talking about it a little bit here at break. It, yeah, we need to bring is, it up. This is, not, uh, this is not for me a basketball story, but more of a, a sports story because it's... Where are we as sports people? On? What is going on? If you didn't hear last, last night, night, 
The Clippers are playing the Spurs. Kawhi plays for the Clippers now. He used to play for the Spurs. Forced his way out. Eventually ended up in Toronto and won a championship. Yeah, it was so fun. All right. Yes. Everyone boos Kawhi when he comes back. Yes. Greg Popovich, outspoken guy, uh, very opinionated. Did not like that last night. Literally grabbed the microphone yeah. during a live professional sporting event and told fans to stop booing. We have the clip. You Let's hear play. The, you want to hear the clip? Yeah. Excuse me for a second. Pops Can on the mic. Can we stop all the booing let these guys play? It's got no class. It's not who we are. Knock off the booing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what was the potential like, outcome seriously, of that? W- what's next? Tip your waitress? Like, <laughs> Honestly, there's no... I guess there's no other professional sport where a microphone a mic. is like readily available like that because it's courtside. You NFL can, ref could grab a... Or, Coach yeah, Linesman's. But you're trying to beat the Los Angeles Clippers. And They're your fans you. are booing a man to try to get in his head. But it's it's booing. But it's booing. And booing's been around for a thousand years. It's the you crux boo of, people yeah, you don't a, like on the sports, other team. It's like a core sports thing is booing. That's booing. all we got left. That's it. And we, I, as fans, that's it. You know, we, we, we get, you know, stuck up and <laughs> saying the greatest, the weirdest, the best. Like, that's a very big thing that we do, myself included, a lot. But that is truly one of the weirdest things I've ever seen in a sporting event. Like, I saw that clip come up on Twitter, and I was, like, aghast by it. <laughs> I was, great word. Well, I was disgusted. It reminds me of the reverse of, like, me? the Jeb Bush, please clap moment, where it's just, like, you can't will people to feel I, a way or to behave a way. This man is one of the most respected coaches in the history of the NBA. I don't know. I think they won five and, championships. And I think it's. it's I feel. It's, I was Scotty Bowman. I, I, I mean, that, that, that gave him, you know, the the that feeling that I can do this for sure, right? Like yeah. I'm, it 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 just. Darko gave him, is not doing that here no, with the Raptors. Like that's not. I I actually respect him a little less today. Like it changed my perspective on him. That's how much I hated it. I couldn't believe it. If I'm a sports at the game, I would ah, boo him even more. Well, I would boo him. Like, well, first of all. It, if I paid $150 for this C200... That guy forced his way out off our team. Don't, don't tell me how to act. I mean, am I throwing stuff? Am I using obscene gestures? Am I cursing? I'll am take I it making... one farther. I think Popovich should have to apologize. Agree. That is not his place to tell I, people how to... Agree. You're preaching. Fan. I keep going. <laughs> you know, that's... You know, and I love Pop. I'm a, I'm a total Pop guy. I think yeah, he's... I it, was. Yeah, yeah, it really bothered you. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it really bugged me. Well, let's I'm see a, if... I'm a sports fan. Imagine whoever the coach, like Dwayne Casey, gets on the mic when Vince Carter is here. He's like, don't boo Vince Carter. That's <laughs> yeah. our guy. Like, just, it's like, that's like, not who we are. That's not who we just are. Who are you telling do, me do who it, I am? Do what Craig McTavish I'm a scumbag. Did. Don't tell me I'm not. In <laughs> Calgary, go get the mascot and get just the hound beat out there. the crap out of him or yeah. pull his tongue out of his mouth. That's... Still that in was the, a wild sporting that's, in the, that's still in the upper echelons of great just sports clips. That was awesome. Hey, so he's, you know, Harvey the Hound has to be in that spot in the first place, which is a little whatever. Yes. How about my junior hockey team? Quick story. Yes. The other team's mascot is behind our bench in playoffs. Our coach calls timeout, 2-2 two, two in playoffs, whatever. Tight match. Yeah, tight match. Tells our equipment trainer, manager a little something. Timeout, the guy starts banging the drum. Our equipment manager over the top. I mean, full on climbs over lawnmower on the mascot, assault charges. Like we're wow. during a timeout, and we're watching 
Isn't that our equipment isn't guy? Isn't that the equivalent to me like punching my couch? Like, what, what do you mean? Like you're punching the mascot? No, he, had, he got the the mascot oh, he head got the off. Oh, okay. it was brutal. I thought he was pounding on the mask. No, it was it was a ruthless <laughs> act of violence. That really? Was, that was like yeah. Connor. Mc- so, hold on, coach yeah. has got the whiteboard. He's going, eyes here, eyes here. <laughs> Our trainer's beating the hell out of a mascot. Yeah, yeah, you got my attention, coach. Oh my <laughs> <God>. <laughs> Good junior hockey days. So anyway, we'd rather encourage then Greg to go back to the mic then and do that than yes, beat up anybody. Maybe the verbal way is a better way to go about it. That's all right. still crazy. Well, that's uh, like, what's his name? Connor, uh, what's the the fighter that... The Irish guy. McGregor? Oh, McGregor. McGregor. The super famous guy I couldn't remember. <laughs> yeah. Who'd he punch? He decked a a mascot. Yeah, oh, I did like, see recently. that. Like, recently. Yeah. Like, he, he like, la- laid him out, and, like, the guy, like, was bad. Yeah. The guy uh, wasn't moving. I think it was a setup, but it wasn't supposed to He wasn't supposed to hit him like that. It wasn't supposed to but, end like that. But yeah. there's something about, like, a mascot injury that's just hilarious. really hilarious because it's like they've got this stupid face on. Like, the video of the... Marlon, who goes crashing into the boy, and yeah. like he breaks his foot, and they're trying to like well, drag him off. There's, <laughs> there's, there's a whole Twitter account about like mascots observing moment of silence. Oh, yeah, where it's, it's like you're trying to look solemn, and you've got this painted dumb face on. Yeah, like the one that got stuck in the ceiling, the shark. Like, okay, you guys I are love... pulling a Mike Fuda. I, I don't know what we're talking. <laughs> sorry, 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 I don't know sorry. what we're talking about right now. Sports. I love mascot stuff. Okay. Yeah. I got, right. a, I got accosted by a mascot when I was a kid. All right. Tell us about Ovechkin and what he uh, said. He said that him and Sid saved the NHL. Saved the NHL. Yeah. Okay. Like, was was it a... Here, I can give you a quote. <laughs> yeah, it was, give from, us the... uh, it was from a article in The Athletic that was written about... I'm just pulling it up here as I go to here. Give me one second. Give me some... Um, Jeopardy music. Jeopardy music. Thank you very much. Uh, and speaking with Rob Rossi, we saved the league. Now they come in and I guess we're old news. But we saved it. It's up to those guys to come in and prove me wrong that we're not the best. We saved the NHL. That's what Alex Ovechkin said about him and said. Whoa. Love it. Like, I'm, I'd like to know the context and tone and, like, is... Yeah. I, it's, I don't know about save. The, the league's been around a long time, and it would have just been fine if if he never existed. I, I don't know. I don't want to sound like... But it would have it would have been fine. It would have found I, I a way to, hit... to move forward. Yeah. But in saying that, there's no question that you, when you came out of that lockout, mm-hmm. that particular lockout, and then you felt like you needed to give the fans a different look, and that's why we went into the the restructure of the the holding ups, the yeah, the hooking, no the touching and gl- yeah. grabbing, the introduction of. Uh, the three on three, or not the three on three, the overtime. Yeah. At four on four, is that the way it started? I, I can't it even did. remember no, now. It, it, when we came out yeah. of the lockout, it started, it started four and four. It and started then, four and four, and then it worked its way down to three on three. Yeah, and I think in twenty fifteen. And they leaned heavily on Ovechkin and Crosby. There's no question about that. But the argument isn't: Did Ovi and Crosby help the game? Yeah. Would it have folded without them? That's the question right. I'm asking when you. When you lower the overall <laughs> talent level, whoever the next highest people were, like Malkin would have been Ovi in oh, terms Malkin of celebrity. So good. Yes. Yeah. You know, whatever. He's not top 100, though. Th- but that's quite the thing to say, well, even if it's true. It, it does feel like, if that's the case, if we could just take it for face value as, as how it reads yeah. to us today, it, it does sound like he's not very happy. Well, and it also sounds like he thinks he's still as good as... Jack Hughes and the other elite players in the <laughs> NHL. Like, 
Ovi now is not one of the 10 best players in the NHL, and it sounds like he still thinks he is, which... Of course he thinks he is. Uh, yeah, I understand elite athletes have to think that way, yeah. but... I think, uh, you know, I, I, I'm really interesting. I'm, I'm interested to watch Washington move forward here because for the first 20 games, they've actually put themselves in a position to make the playoffs. Yes, for sure. Now, we talked right? about uh, the hole that the Oilers have dug, but both Vancouver and Washington. If are Ovi spots. now, let's just say he may have lost a step and he is now in that 25 or 30 goal mm-hmm. window, mm-hmm. it's not exactly a guy that can still play all two minutes of a power play anymore. I bet he does. I Whether bet. He can or should is not the question. Yeah, that, I bet so he that's, does. that's moving forward. If you're a, a rookie coach like uh, Carberry, mm-hmm. do you have to go to Ovi and say, Ovi, I need you to come off after a minute and 10? You're going to come off the bench. You're the sixth <laughs> man now. No. <laughs> I don't think, yeah, that's a tough combo. But we've got Washington and Edmonton tomorrow night. Yes. So we'll we'll see how that plays out. Boy, All the right. oil need one. We had a ton the of guests today, that. Sammy. Yeah, I know. Busy night in the NHL, Sammy? Yeah, locked and loaded with uh, zero. Zero, zero, zero games. games. Leaves 2 p.m. tomorrow, though. All right. Our thanks to Luke Gazdick. Mm-hmm. Our thanks to Mike Fuda and Darren Pang on The Real Kipper and Bourne Show. Enjoy the rest of your night, nhl But we're back tomorrow on The Real Kipper and Boring Show.